Peggy 18. What Bitcoin news do we got going on today? I haven't really been in the loop the last week, so uh, give me give me a quick education. Uh, it's mostly more Twitter drama. Uh, it's it's about the ordinals and the ordinal disrespecters and and they're kind of escalating things because it's it's escalated on two fronts. So it's escalated for the ordinal uh, camp because now they're spamming the chain in a different way with uh, multi-sig. Um, so it's full UTXOs. You can't prune these uh, these ordinals. They are locked in, and they're the worst kind of spam in the in the. So blockchain. this is like, yeah. These are valid UTXOs. It's not like an op return UTXO where I can just discard it, and it's not witness data that I can discard. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's done with the multi-sig method. So, and it's being advertised as some other method, as like P2SPH or something, but it's not. It's it's it being, is hash? Yeah, I think so. So that they're saying that that's how it's being done, but it's not. It's like, it's the worst. Yeah. So what that's... I like about this whole situation is that I get to ignore what all these stupid shit coiners are doing, and then once a week you just explain to me whatever stupid things they're doing, and I just get to nod and be like, "Yeah, that's pretty stupid. I agree." So yeah, that's that's retardation on one front. On the other camp is the ordinal disrespectors, and they're kind of escalating things now with a. A bounty. Oh, that's another group yeah. of retards as yes, well. Like, yes, I yes. was very interested <laughs> in how a bunch of these folks didn't realize what their node is in control of. They seem to have only just come to the realization that they can choose when they propagate data. Yep, so now they're out with a bounty of like 0.45 Bitcoin, 45 million Satoshis. And for a client to write this client, yeah, to write the, this the, client. God, why? Why don't they just write it themselves? They why? can't. They don't know what how. Can't. <laughs> they don't know how to write this. It, it's a. It's some. It's way more technical. If you don't know how to write shit, and if it's way more technically complicated than you are uh, able to architect around, then maybe keep your fucking nose out of it. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, their position is like, oh, this is. I'm a project manager, and this is like what I'm ordering as oh, a as a pizza. I, I <laughs> fucking hate projects. <laughs> so that's yeah. We'll order it from people who aren't volunteers. How about yeah. that? If you want a pizza? Go find someone. Pay them for a pizza. So I'm I'm interested in, in these ideas and how it's kind of bouncing back and forth because this is like for me this is like fun. It's like kind of drama and you kind of get to learn about things along the way that's exactly um, what it is it's drama yeah it really is and as long as the, all you're getting out of his entertainment value then i think it's fantastic that's probably as most you can hope to get out of it well you actually learn some things too like i don't know like luke jr's in these co in these comments and conversations and he's kind of pointing out some of the uh, some of the like nuances of how this needs to be done if it is done so it's kind of fun what needs to be done if it's done? Uh, there's something. So Luke Jr. is doing something, <laughs> and it needs to be done a specific way. That's much we've sussed out. Well, he, he kind of replied back, like, uh, you, you want to you do it in this way, not in the way you're proposing for some type of Oh, the ordinal reason. slowing business? Yeah, the slowing propagation business. So it's, I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, well, it's definitely within a node's power 
to decide whether or not they propagate data at all, what data they propagate, how and when they propagate it. This is just, a lot of people seem really surprised of all the things that their node is allowed to do without breaking consensus. There seems to be a lot of confusion between what you can do with your node that doesn't impact anybody else and doesn't create any kind of validation issues for anybody else. And the answer is a lot. You can do a lot with your node that doesn't impact anybody else. You can change what transactions you're willing to propagate. Transactions you don't like, don't propagate them. You can change uh, the speed at which you propagate them. Maybe you propagate them slow, like this ordinal slow things going on. You change your mempool. You have no mempool at all. Don't propagate any transactions. It's entirely up to you. As long as you're not giving people invalid data, then your node's not going to get you know banned from the network by your peers, and you're not going to cause any kind of consensus issues. So 99% of things that you can do with your node as long as they're not valid or violating consensus, like you can get away with that. So all true, but I think people are saying this kind of, um, it's not a mempool policy. No, it's it's like a, a block propagation, propagation policy. policy it's yeah. propagation policy. This is a much more disruptive than the mempool um, disrespecting because it, it can potentially cause more uh, reorgs, um, sort of grabbing money. It could cause more orphans. It could yeah. statistically cause more orphans, but so I don't know that it would cause that many more orphans. It, it depends on how widespread, you know, people are, are doing this delaying ordinal locks thing. But this gets in, into some really interesting mining competition game theory, because if there is... And you kind of brought this up, like maybe there is this incentive for competing miners to cause um, reorgs, you know, on so that they're kind of grabbing the reward from their competitors. But I don't yeah, know. it'll depend on like there's been talk about this is implies a race for TCP slots in people's nodes, you know, so that you can. Uh, be the one delaying their broadcast or, or be the ordinal person trying to get an ordinal in a block giving them the broadcast. It, it, there is definitely a very interesting game theory involved here, but I think the number of participants and their sophistication of Orta disrespect or of Orta slow... Oh, it's so low. Like it's, it's, there's no one running this stuff. No one's well, running Well, it doesn't this. even exist yet. It doesn't no. exist yet, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying like it, it would have to be a significant number of people uh, very well placed within the ecosystem and even then you wouldn't be able to disrupt uh, miners and ordinal people from talking unless you're performing some kind of eclipse attack so at the end of the day like the amount that this actually impacts anybody is not so much it could cause some some orphans in that like every instance in which there's a race between an ordinal block and a non-ordinal block the other person is going to make a non-ordinal block so that it has an advantage propagating through the network and that might you know result in a small number of reorgs relative to what would otherwise occur but like it won't be out of the norm for bitcoin it won't make it so people can't use ordinals it won't it won't do anything except for you know help those people that are running this manage their node resources yeah and i think the actual only effect of these things is the social aspect and affecting the discourse. It's kind of like saying, hey, uh, Bitcoin developers, can you like pay attention to this and do something? 
we're, we're going to fuck around over here with our bullshit. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> and um, hopefully you can do something else. Like, it's kind of like a, a lobbying on the extreme edge. There's something a little unsettling, I find, yeah. about lobbying developers in a FOSS ecosystem. But that's what I'm seeing. I don't think you should lobby developers in a FOSS ecosystem. I think that you should build what you want to build. And if you don't have the skill with which to express a thought in code, it's not such a hurdle that you can't learn. It might take you a couple months to be able to articulate yourself in code well enough to say the thing you want to say. And with Bitcoin, it might even take significantly longer than that to have an understanding of the ecosystem and what's going on in it. But generally speaking, learning a programming language isn't that difficult. It's just talking to the computer. And if you have things to say to the computer, I mean, you just look up like you would any longer. How do I say, you know, load this thing from this file in Python, in C++, in English? You know, it's just not that hard. And so I think that volunteer devs don't need you directing them or lobbying them to do anything. They're, they're going to work on what they're passionate about. They're going to work on what they want to work on. And if you have passions and you want to work on stuff, you should too. And that doesn't mean lobbying other people to do it for you. Yeah, and like this is this is another thing. There's a lot of like on Twitter there's some blame being put on the developers. And no, this is like a voluntary system. No one individual is really responsible for this stuff. So it it's kind of it's kind of rich to be saying people are responsible for giving you options. No, you, you gotta very you, entitled. Yeah, you gotta put that out into the world. You gotta make it yourself, buddy. We come from a, a software using culture that that is generally very entitled. We're used to demanding things of apps and companies and things. And Bitcoin isn't an app. Bitcoin isn't a company. You didn't pay it anything, and it doesn't owe you anything. And neither do we, for that matter. The community members. A lot of people treat us as like tech support the way they might treat a company tech support and the reality is we don't owe the community anything either we're doing this just like devs are out of passion and a desire to see this project grow but we are very very different from corporate technical support or other you know resources you might expect in a more formalized centralized community you can't you can't lobby us you can't say hey i wish you were provided more support for this thing it's like no you go do that if you want to support that thing you do that i'm supporting this this is what i'm doing because this is what i care about like i'll listen but i'll probably not do it <laughs> yeah because it's effort it takes a lot of work to contribute and make meaningful contributions to the community or a code base or anything and ideas are a dime a dozen, I'm sorry to say it. The fact that you just now realized you can impact block propagation on your node and are demanding that somebody provide you a GUI with which to do this is, I'm sorry, like, you're right, you can do that, and that's great, and I'm, I'm happy for you, and you are empowered to do so, but, like, go fucking code it up. Don't don't be talking to me. A lot of this is trolling. Like, there there are some people on Twitter, mostly Twitter, that are they're, they're kind of talking down to people running the ordinal disrespector stuff so it's it's kind of this back and forth dynamic and it's not great it's just it's a lot of ego and and trolling that's all it's a lot it of embarrassment from both sides <laughs> on the outside looking in like I, i'm very much against ordinals um i'm not running ordinal disrespector um 
And I'm seeing that a lot of both of these camps seem to have some fundamental disagreements among their members of how Bitcoin even fun functions. A lot of them are thinking that the other side is attacking them and in some way like ruining their ability to use Bitcoin. And that's just not the case. Ordinals may be blocking up my mempool and making it more expensive for me to use Bitcoin, but they aren't stopping me in any way, shape, or form, and they aren't stopping anybody else either. In fact, they're paying for the security model. So as much as I think this is garbage and a waste of time and making it more difficult for new users to validate and verify the train, like we're built to withstand these kinds of attacks. People need to quit getting their knickers in a bunch. And at the same time, you know, all these ordinal people think that somebody changing their mempool policy means that they're under attack and they're not they're under attack socially by people like me who are calling them scammers they need to wake up to the fact that they're being attacked by by me and they can fuck right off out of the ecosystem because they're harmful but it has nothing to do with mempool policy it has nothing to do with block propagation it strictly has to do with the fact that like i don't like scammers and they are scammers yeah, and the the word of choice is censorship. Like they love to use that word. Like, oh no, the mempool people are gonna censor us, and it's like this is censorship. And in no way whatsoever is this censorship. It's maybe raising the cost if it was effective. And to be effective, you need like ninety plus percent of the node runners to run these clients, and like that's not happening. So there's no censorship going on on either side, really. Like, no, not not at all. And like, like even, <laughs> you say ninety percent of clients are running this thing. It's like even then, like I can't stop you from making a TCP connection to a miner and sending them data. Yeah. Like I, I have no means of through any communication bland blocking you from talking to miners. And that's why I said unless I'm trying to like do an eclipse attack on you or miners, which at that point, like now who's attacking the network? Yeah. So I want to. I want to cap this off because, goddamn, we can talk about fucking ordinals all day. But <laughs> I, I really want to pivot because we've talked a lot about um, the kind of nuances of running a node. And I want to pivot to this conversation about why should you run a node? And we kind of have touched on a couple of those pieces. It's like you get to choose all these little fun things, whether you're full RBF, whether you're uh, assume valid or verifying all your UTXOs, um, whether you're running a BIP324 node, um, you know, whether you're blocks only, and uh, whether you're, you're pruned or you're a full node, like there's all these little aspects that determine you as, as your voice in running the Bitcoin software. So like, it's more than your voice in the software, though. Mm. Like, you're absolutely right about all those things, but it's also your identity in Bitcoin. It's about you and it's about your protection, about your safety. You're building like a little, you want to run a node, want to trust another party uh, with your money. And you may think that just because you have your keys, that means that you aren't trusting anybody, but that's not the case. Uh, you're trusting in various ways and opening yourself up to various kinds of uh, attack services by using someone else's node. They have the capacity to mislead you and even using light clients like uh, neutrino style clients uh, and block filters we, we see the capacity for example for miners to mislead you um, if you don't have your own full node and you aren't fully verifying the entire chain 
and uh, participating in the network, you are trusting somebody. So you should be asking yourself, if you aren't running a node, who am I trusting and what is the degree of that trust? Like, what are the consequences of this trust going bad? For example, what if, what if there's a fork and the node that I'm using uh, ends up on a chain that the merchant that I'm using is not on? Or what if there's uh, like a reorg like happened in 2013 during the Berkeley DB crisis where you know we, we split chain for I don't know what was it over nine hours and during that time you know transactions were flying around it wasn't a planned fork or anything it just kind of happened out of the blue and there was definitely the possibility of double spent there so just because you control your keys all the people that were running light clients controlled all their keys but if you don't know the network state and you need to know know that you're trusting somebody to some degree yeah and like I think we should be like calling these these uh, these nodes like third party middlemen because that's what they are. They're not your node. Yeah, they're they're middlemen, and like for everyone who's probably listening to this on YouTube, like you're probably you've probably taken the first step. You have your keys. You have you have your Bitcoin on a Trezor or a Ledger or a cold card. Please don't use a ledger or a treasure. Yeah, yes. And if you do, please air gap them and run them entirely offline with Bitcoin only firmware and not using any of their default software. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so we can get into those two. But it, more generally, you're using their nodes. You're using a middleman to say to tell you that you have Bitcoin because you're using their nodes, not your own. So learn how to use your own node with your junky hardware wallets, Trezor and Ledger. And you can do that with a Sparrow wallet plus Bitcoin Core plus your Trezor or Ledger. All three of those can connect to each other. And then you're using, you have a self-sovereign setup that way. And you're basically verifying that you actually have Bitcoin. And the other methods, you're, tr you're trusting someone. So why we want a node is because like you want to create this little circle of trust behind you. And you can connect like your hardware wallets. And even if you've got a bad hardware wallet or a do-it-yourself hardware wallet, you can still connect that to an air-grapped computer on your network behind your node and operate entirely trustlessly and without exposing your devices to the internet, except for the node itself. The node is like the gateway of trust to all of your peers and the internet itself. And you just need to build some infrastructure behind that. And from there, you go like Fiat just saying, you got all these options. You got options about how you want to manage your node. You got options about how you want to build on top of it, whether that's block explorers, whether it's layers like Lightning, or even if you want to engage with scams because you are naive and greedy and you've been pulled in by some hype, you can do that. You can start an ordinal thing and, and do ordinals and layers on Bitcoin through your node. It's misguided, it's harmful to yourself and others, but you can do it because Bitcoin's freedom. And through this freedom, you get to express yourself even when you are being an idiot. Yeah. That's why you want to run a node, so you can be an idiot. <laughs> exactly. Then you have the option to be who you want to be. Um, and it's like, it's a very individual, expressive kind of, like I think of it as your voice in Bitcoin. You're you're saying this is kind of what I want as a functional thing, like following the consensus rules, everything on top of that, and um, there's there's so many things you can do. So 
See, I think of it less like a voice, because a voice you use to express yourself to others. And it's true that, you know, your node is expressing what services it makes available and it's propagating data and all these things. But at the end of the day, a voice is a suggestion. Mm. My node is a verified demand. I'm, this is what Bitcoin is. This is what I'm going to verify. This is what I'm going to communicate to others. This is what my mempool looks like. I declare it. I don't ask it of anybody. I assert it. And without a node, you can't do that assertive. Yeah, I'm processing that. That's interesting way to put it. Hmm. It's sovereignty, right? Like a node yeah. is sovereignty. My voice isn't sovereignty. My voice is how I communicate people to people and how I request things of them and how I express myself to them. And to a degree, that's what I do with my node. But how I'm expressing myself with my node is through the self-sovereignty of acting on myself and my own resources. So it's less about me communicating things to other people, although that is a big part of what a node is doing, and more about what I want for myself. So yeah, it's a voice, but it's not like a vote. I'm not voting for anything. It's not democracy. I don't get, my voice doesn't impact anybody but me. But for me, my voice is like superpowers. It dictates my reality as if living in a fantasy universe. I just build whatever I want as dictated my voice. I can even change Bitcoin. If I decide tomorrow that Bitcoin's got 22 million coins instead of 21, look out. That's what my note says. And that's my network and I'm forking all you bitches off. <laughs> You're welcome to do that. I will not be following you. Um, exactly. I am welcome to do that because I have a node. If you want to be welcome to do that, you got to have a node. Yeah, so you have non-consensus options and you have consensus conflicting options, which, you know, are the hard fork options. And those are always an option. Um, they're not ideal, but they're always on the table. Always they have the to table. be. It's yeah. how we defend ourselves, right? Yeah. And so, like a node being a tool of self-defense self-sovereignty validation you know it is the mechanism by which you would defend yourself here yeah so that's that's kind of my node spiel do you have any other uh interesting tidbits about why you should run a node i think it was amazing to watch uh the rush of of node runners when lightning started to come out and I, I was really hopeful for a period of time that lightning and layers like lightning would explode node adoption mm -hmm. in a way that it, it's been falling just catastrophically for years and years now. We've got fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer total nodes, maybe a couple more listening nodes, but fewer total nodes every year. And I'd like to see something done about that. And so this incentive of having to run a node for layers has been really great. And then along came Umbral and all these start nine and my node and all these packages that take away people's nodes, for lack of a better term. And I make it, you know, start nine's node or Umbral's node and really just rob people of the sovereignty of running a node. And now I've, I've been deflated on that. So, like, I, I would really like to see a lot more people running nodes because they have need, because they're like, oh, I want to use Lightning and I want to be trustless and I want to earn routing fees or I want to coin join or I want to BISC or I want to whatever instead of running an Umbral or whatever the hell because by servicing the need that way, we're taking one of the few incentives to run a node and killing it. 
which is, you know, a use case. Like, I have a use case for Bitcoin, and I need a node to execute that use case, like Lightning. Oh, well, I don't need to run a node anymore. I'll just run Umbral. Yeah, this is like an education problem, I think. And it's interesting because, like, Bitcoin core devs have a different approach. They, they're thinking about, what can I do technically to help people to run a node? And their their answer seems to be, let's make it more convenient by, you know, implementing assume valid, maybe assume UTXO is in the offering. And that seems to be uh, getting more attention recently. So th it's kind of weird. Like, I think this is more of a, like a grassroots thing that needs to be taught to people kind of like in these settings uh, that we're doing right now. But the the developer answer seems to be let's let's make bitcoin more accessible as a node instead of more verifying i think developers for a really long time in bitcoin have correctly had the idea that what we need is a gradient of trust options because not one solution is perfect for everybody being completely trustless isn't the right solution for all people some people are better served not trusting themselves so much. Uh, for example, if they've got gambling or addiction issues. Um, and so by creating a gradient of trust options where you can, in various ways that you interact with Bitcoin, trade off trust and consequences, you can allow informed users to make Bitcoin exactly what they want it to be in a way that's safest for them and reflects their needs. The problem is, is that nobody is well enough informed as an end user to be making these kinds of critical decisions. And so what happens is we get all these trust trade-offs and people automatically start opting in for the greatest trust trade-off because it requires the least of them to begin and it's the default this is this is why i think defaults are so important because it, it's basically what the majority is doing with their node because th that's the default like they're not looking anymore into depth for years maybe maybe never so i i think the defaults really matter yeah i i agree that the defaults matter to a degree um, and they matter less and less when you have a more informed populace that's capable of running other nodes or other configuration settings or modifying the code. Uh, we've got a request from Sovtoshi to come talk about this or perhaps other issues. Let's find out what that's about. Sovtoshi, you going to come join us? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, we can. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I... You know, I, I joined this channel because on Twitter, uh, so I'm in Discord right now, but um, on Twitter I was hearing it was kind of like for beginners. And I'm doing a little bit different of a project. I'm kind of taking a top-down approach where it's like, let's get people that are young, in my case, like on sats and just used to the idea of interacting with sats on the Lightning Network. And I've been coming up with a lot of ideas on how to translate this for, you know, the normies. And really the way I'm thinking about this right now in this discussion is if Bitcoin is gold, I usually start there, you know, if Bitcoin is gold, then your node is like your shipping company. So, you know, not every person is necessarily going to run a shipping company, but obviously if you're transporting gold over distance many times, you might want to run your own shipping company. So it's just less point of failure. I would look at running 
your own node, kind of like building your own ships, as opposed to using someone else's ships that might be a little bit worse for wear, or you're not sure how, you know, if you're running an umbrella, it's like buying a ship on the market. But I think not everyone can be the shipbuilder, the shipping company, the, um, the everything. It gets to a certain point where you can't be everything. And for me personally, like I'm, I'm very much focused on layer two um, and lightning. And that has been my focus thus far. I do happen to run, for my project, I, I run one of these pre-built nodes. I'm running my node BTC um, because I, I wanted to, you know, get get something out there and get a product. Um, you wanted to jump to the point where you could start building on the application layer without having to understand yeah, the stack below you, which is typical uh, development. But, you know, ultimately, you know, like the the overhead of knowing every single component, you know, and, and for the purpose of my project, which, which is a video game, like, it's it's not as important, you know. It's, sure, it's, it, like, it's absolutely not as important to know every single component. I completely agree with you. But I bet you anything, it would be useful for you in your video game to have a better understanding of the APIs that your Bitcoin node exposes and how it's run. So I'm that... you them extensively, absolutely. <laughs> And I'm sure that that's also true of your Lightning node that's on top of it, whether it's LND or C Lightning or whatever. Uh, plugins for same. Um, there's wherever you want to start digging into this enigma that is Bitcoin, whether it's in the layers or in the base or a node client or an application layer kind of thing. Like there's you, you can dig forever. It's so deep. It's the deepest well I've ever seen. You can spend ten years doing what you're doing, Savatoshi, and never Absolutely. be an expert in it. So and the issue isn't. That's part of the community aspect, right? Like there are people who are so deep in monetary theory and have been in, you know, economics. Actually, understand economics and like most of the Keynesians today, that are just so deep in their lane that, you know, someone who's focusing on layer one development is just not going to be at that level of, of economic understanding. And, and yeah, like you almost have to rely on the community, not not in a, not in a trusting way per se because we are about trustlessness but in building on top of their work much as you would in say science or you know any other collaborative generational effort absolutely that's all i have to say about that <laughs> i i agree with you uh up to the point where uh i don't think that it is productive to be using something like umbral for what you're describing i appreciate why you would jump to it and why a lot of developers in your position do um, it's because it's, it's like using a library. Why, why would you re-implement something that already exists? Why would you reinvent the wheel? Like, it's, it's rolling, just grab on it. But if you don't understand, anybody can run software, and you don't need to understand the trust properties of what you're doing to run software. And that's, that's the danger. If you don't understand the trust properties of, of the underlying actions that you're taking, you might not be making decisions that are in your best interest. Yes, and, and, and in my case, as my project scales, those will be the layers I dig deeper into as it grows. Um, as it's a small project right now, I, I've taken, I would say, like a middle ground where I'm running my own node. I'm not you know, relying on someone else's node for Lightning. Um, I haven't built that machine from scratch, but I've been in the CLI all over the place, and I know all the containers it's running and everything else. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of expedited where I'm at today. Absolutely, and that's exactly yeah. what you should be doing. That sounds exactly right to me. You, like in startup life, you you don't pre-optimize. 
you jump to a messy application level and then when you get any traction you you start working backwards so i think i think you're on the right track there Savatoshi. i'm looking forward to seeing whatever game you're building here it's all in my discord all right man well good talking to you hope you pop by again some more it's really interesting to see like people starting in lightning as their first uh, interaction with Bitcoin. And then maybe yeah, it really is. it's amazing, like work your way backwards or go even forward with a third layer. Maybe like it's it's really it, it's just it's showing that we're we're getting somewhere fun. <laughs> we're going to see the same thing happen with shit coins and stuff. And even, you know, other professionals like Rene Picard pretty much got started in Lightning. Uh, it's, you know, where his focus was and what interested him. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, Loki, Loki has something they want to say, and I'll bring them up. Yeah, sure. Loki, join us. Talk to us. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing awesome. I, uh, I've been having. I don't know. I've never entered this this uh, group uh, voice channel before. I've I've been uh, not very active on Discord, but um, if any, whenever I have any questions uh, about Bitcoin or anything like wallets and hardware and anyway i usually ask in the group chat um i'm going i, I mentioned in the group chat that i'm uh, setting up my first node because uh i've had a lot of difficulty uh getting all the parts and um i need a couple hardware wallets as well and uh everything's finally coming together so uh if anyone has uh, uh wants to see this node come to life so to speak uh, um, and also maybe if anyone's like a tinkerer, you know, uh, just let me know, uh, because, uh, I'm going off some guides here, but any help would be appreciated. Well, that's exciting. I mean, as I'm sure, you know, you find all the help you need in the discord here. People will walk you through whatever custom setup you're building. Yes. Um, what, uh, what are you building? Are you, what operating system are you running on? Um, what <laughs> hardware kind of thing are you running on? What, what's your node look like? I'm not much of a techie, uh, and I bought the like the, the the parts bit by bit like a while ago. Um, but I know it's a Raspberry Pi four, and um, I I wanted to buy because I needed two cold I needed two cold uh, wallets, but uh, and I wanted to buy um, the cold um, the cold card. I don't know if you got if anyone remembers. It was a while back, but uh, it never delivered. It got stuck in the mail, so I had to just get two jades instead, which. Oh, that's shitty. But it's not like ideal, you know. <laughs> jades like half the price, so they're real cheap. I saw a guide for putting together your own jade for like fifteen bucks the other day. Yeah, jades are awesome. Um, although uh, code cards are are better, but that seems to be a bit of a premium. Since I already paid one for free, pretty much. You know, I don't have to. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the liquid shit coining going on on jade or the two factor authentication. Models, yeah but uh, Dude, all I that. Mean, it's some people like that that is an appropriate mall for them this goes back to what we yeah. were talking before about trust gradients is like creating an option for everyone is great where i have a problem is when you get companies like blockstream that mm -hmm. are telling you like no, no no this trust model that my company is offering this is the best one this yeah, is no, the best trade-off everybody should use it and to me that's taking away from bitcoin of course yeah i definitely don't uh see eye to eye on everything about jade but like pr currently 
So what I have is a, a KYC wallet, uh, like a cold wallet, a ledger, which is even more cringe. Yeah. And the like the the screen is like dimming. It's like I can't even see the screen. So I just needed another KYC wallet as soon as possible uh, before I can't even use it. And um, I have uh, my my K my non KYC Bitcoin is on a is on a hot wallet. So that's like a, also a no no. So I'm <laughs> living on the edge here. <laughs> Quite a while so long as you understand the risks you're taking like i was saying it's all about knowing the danger of a halt wallet and knowing the danger of what you're doing to the people that are listening and they're hearing you know all this derisive talk about ledgers and treasures i'm gonna just repeat again you can use these wallets safely they don't have very good defaults at all their defaults are very unsafe the things that you want to do to make these wallets safe are you want to load bitcoin only firmware into it if it's available so that you're reducing the shitcoin attack vectors. You want yes. to not use the software that comes with these wallets as it's incredibly poor and privacy invading. You want to use something like Electrum or your own node. Yes. Um, or Sparrow Wallet on top of your own node again. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to use an air gap. So you want to set up a computer that is just never touches the internet, has never in its life touched its, the internet, rip the network card right the hell out of the damn thing. It doesn't mm -hmm. need it. Hook up your ledger or your treasure to that. Use Electrum on that computer and sign partially signed Bitcoin transactions and manually move them to your node or online computer to broadcast. You'll keep your keys safer. You'll be safer. Uh, you'll be more private. It's If you do have these things and hear us talking about these things and you're worried, there is a way to safely use them. Check it out. Yeah, I have to look into the Bitcoin-only firmware on the Jade. Um since I just got my hands on them today, um, I haven't gotten into the nitty gritty yet. I have heard like my subconscious. I do remember a little bit about that, but um, yeah, I'm uh, getting my hand like as we speak right now. I'm sort of like peeling some blue sticker things on on this Raspberry Pi case. <laughs> something. I don't know. I have no idea. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. If you're a tinker and you want to do this kind of stuff, like come share your projects with us. Come share you I... building your node. Like we love it. I'd love to share my stuff, but I'm by no means a tinker, and I hope I don't mess this up because it took a long time to get everything together. Oh, <laughs> you tinkering just fine, buddy. Yeah, post shit about your build in the meme pool channel here in the, right, in the Discord. So what we got it for? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep listening on, and uh, I'll uh, post my updates as I go along, hopefully. <laughs> really appreciate you coming on. This is exactly the kind of contribution I'm looking for from, from people. I want to hear about what you're building, what you're doing. Thanks, Loki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, no problem, man. I'll, I'll, I'll send some pics right now. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. That's cool. <laughs> Working out swimmingly. I love the idea of this place being uh, a location people can come to to build their nodes and just expand their Bitcoin knowledge through action and, you know, talking with people about what they're doing because there's no one way to do this. Everybody's looking for a guide and all these other things but like all the guides are slightly different because there's no correct answer here there's only the correct answer for you and there's a, a thousand ways to skin this cat of running your own node so it's very interesting to hear all the ways that people are doing it pies definitely seem popular though i gotta say i'm not the biggest fan of pie hardware it has a tendency to be a little unreliable overheat a bit if you're using a pie you might consider getting a heat sink 
yeah. word to the wise. And what pe most people don't realize, you can run a node on any kind of hardware. It doesn't need a Pi. You can use an old laptop. You can use an old desktop. You can use a Pentium 4, guys. I'm, I'm running a node on a Pentium 4. It's pruned, but it runs. <laughs> it's like, you uh, can, you can like, guys, just go to a, an electronics depot and see if there's any free hardware out there. Like You, you, you can usually go to your local um, dump. They'll have like an electronics dump off. You, you can pick up free hardware there too. Yeah. Old laptops are the greatest. Just great. Yeah, I've actually run quite a few nodes on old laptops. Um, they also, you know, die out. Laptops not being the best hardware ever. Also often having heat problems. But yeah, I've had laptop nodes that last like five years. It's nice. Yeah, I, I still have like, thing. I still have a laptop that's, I don't know, 15 years old. And it's just, it's connected to the wall. There's no battery life. But like, as long as it's connected to the wall, like any other desktop computer, it's fine. Yeah, mine doesn't have a battery, and the screen no longer shuts without <laughs> destroying the laptop. So it's just like kind of propped up next to the wall, running a node. Hey, if it's free hardware, man, it's free. <laughs> I just, and that almost is the problem. I can't get myself to throw away any hardware anymore because I'll just use it for Bitcoin and Media Center and torrenting stuff. Like, I I'm using all of my old dead computing. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's this is what e-waste should be for, like Bitcoin nodes. Send all this to El Salvador or or somewhere that wants free hardware, and like we'll have nodes all over the the world. You know, like, are you trying to tell me that Bitcoin's one of the greenest industries on in the planet, and is it just another way in which <laughs> it's making the world a greener place? I don't think Greenpeace would agree with that, but. I am telling you that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's an observable fact. And the fact that Greenpeace hasn't observed it probably has something to do with the shit coiners feeding them millions of dollars. Yeah, I think they got like a $5 million bribe to do their change the code campaign. Mm. I hope that works for them. <laughs> Again, like they... they it's, it's like when um, Craig Wright sued in the uk to try and get bitcoin developers to change the code for him to give him you know a bunch of satoshi's coins and it's like if, if greenpeace if you want to change the code craig Wright, if you want to change the code you just go change it you just write it it's like you use your keyboard and it's easy and you change it and you publish it and poof it's done yeah, I, I wouldn't and then mind. nobody would run it. So yeah, like, <laughs> I'll just sell your coins. I'll sell the free airdrop and get more Bitcoin. Thank you very much. Yeah, see, that's the most wonderful part about it. We need more people attacking Bitcoin so I can get paid. <laughs> if if everybody wants to just attack Bitcoin in ways that fork it, eh, that would be fantastic because then I can sell your shit and I make money. By money, I mean more Bitcoin. Like, if, oh yeah, if Roger Veer wants to just, you know, push me another solid 15% of my stack my direction by launching a scam attack, that'd be okay. Bitcoin's resilient enough to take it, and I'll take 15% for a minor setback. Yeah, I think Roger's having legal difficulties at the moment with uh, scamming an exchange. And that was another piece of drama that happened this week, is the exchange is begging Roger to 
return the money and that's that's never gonna happen sorry yeah why would a scammer return the money that's yeah silly. it's it's kind of sad no it's not fuck roger <laughs> he deserves every negative bit of attention he gets and if somebody gets scammed by roger veer this however many years after he's been scamming you know what that's good i hope you, i hope you get fucked you enabling harm platform for these assholes should get scammed well, stop enabling them i was more saying like the the exchange like begging for the money back is kind of sad yeah but it's i'm saying like fuck the exchange <laughs> like they wanted to go in with this piece of shit and it's not like they didn't know who he was that's why they went in with him so play with fire get burned have fun exchange Oh, cool. I'm looking... I think that nobody should be giving him the time of day. And, like, just the people giving him the time of day, they, they get what they get, which is robbed. I'm looking at a picture in Mempool or Memepool of uh, the node that he's building. And uh, it looks pretty cool. I like that little case. Yeah, it's, nice. it's like a clear case. There, there's probably going to be some LED lights, RGB. Oh, no, no, <laughs> RGB lights, no. Maybe. What you need is you need a giant box, and it'll be black, and it'll have no lights or of any kind on it. It'll have, like, a single button on top that's a power button. That's what you need. And, it, like, if, it, if it's not big enough that you can't see over it while you're carrying it, then it's not big enough. Oh, you don't want your, like, node to be a disco? I want a disco node. <laughs> no, we're talking, like... Extra, extra, extra large ATX cases, like macro ATX cases. Like, I, if you can't fit a full server farm inside this case, then it is not big enough. Is that like a? Might cut your hands, bud. Is might it, cut your hands. It's like a security precaution, so no one can move it. It's just, it's too heavy, so we're we're just gonna leave that old thing. <laughs> oh, keep it light, nice little brushed aluminum. I'm just saying, you need a nice server box. You can't have one of these dinky things. Like, I don't know what to do with that little thing. It's too small. You that know, can't be a computer. You can mount it on a wall or something. You know, have it as a little kind of display. I don't know. I like the clear cases. They're kind of neat very game boy color yeah that's what i like about my cold card actually it's very game boy color they got new colors they got orange and pink and green oh shit yeah they're you tell me i can order my blackberry cold card in purple <laughs> uh they don't they don't have colors for that but they have it for the old version mk4 i wish they would still sell the mk3 i don't really like the mk4 yeah, me neither, and that's why I bought like an extra MK3 just in case. It's still in a sealed bag, so maybe it's a collector item. I, I had bought a bunch, and then I gave them away to friends because you're too I'm nice. <laughs> you're too nice. <laughs> I don't think anybody's accused me of that before. Well, I don't think I've got a problem with being too nice. Maybe just a sucker for Bitcoin-related things. I'm excited for the new one, though. Uh, if CoinKite would pull their heads out of their asses, <laughs> at least I could be excited about it. Um, I would love to buy one if CoinKite, again, would not be such a shitty company and change their licensing, stop enabling shit coiners and ordinals, and otherwise quit being shitty on social media. See, I caved. I bought one, I pre-ordered one, 
but I didn't pre-order 100, which was the original plan, but because they're shitcoining, I'm not going to buy 100. You were going to pre-order 100 yep. BlackBerry coin yep. calculators? Yep, I was going to do that and then resell them. I have a connection. Why? I have a connection in Dubai. Goodness, I have a connection in Dubai. What are would... you, a crack dealer? Like <laughs> Crackberry all over the world. I'm a like Crackberry black dealer. Blackberries. <laughs> you know how much these things sell for in Europe? They're like double the price for MK4s. So you thought that you were going to buy a hundred of this thing that isn't even being manufactured at this point in time? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Don't tell me. I, I I know I'm dumb. It's okay. It's all right. I know I am. <laughs> I just can't even with you, Fitch. Can't even some days. <laughs> now you're like scalping off resold wallets. They're fun. Like, and you know, you know, you shouldn't be buying no hardware wallet from pre-orders. No party. Oh man, you I've, know that. I've been burned on so many pre-orders. It's <laughs> so bad. Well, and the pre-orders, but I'm talking about like people buying a wallet from you. That's a no-no. Yeah, you true. don't buy no wallets from Fiat. You buy a wallet from the manufacturer if you want a wallet. You don't buy it from Amazon. You don't buy it from eBay. You sure shit don't buy it from Alibaba, and you don't buy it from Fiat. You buy it from the manufacturer. So like, I, what what are you what are you at here? This is a terrible plan. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but money, money, yeah, money, Mr. but money, money, sir, money. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's the that's the mentality that gets a lot of these business owners in this space. They see they see dollar signs, and then they're like, "What if I did this thing that creates a product that nobody should ever buy?" Like a third-party hardware. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Don't buy it's from just the norm. And it's like, it's just from this exact same innocent stimulus. It's like, you know, everybody's always looking out for opportunity. It's hard out there. Inflation's a bitch. Everybody's hustling. Everybody got to make their money, make the paper, pay the rent. I get it. But, you know, there's a way to do that. And it's not selling people third-party hardware wallets. <laughs> It's not operating a shitcoin exchange. <laughs> I like Lloyd's uh, comment here. Fiat is like three steps away from launching a shitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel guilty now. It was just an idea. I didn't do it. Yeah. Just bad, bad person. Bad. Was, that's, that's what Trace Mayer was saying. When he was showing <laughs> those shitcoins. It's like, just an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he actually had a shitcoin to, yeah, that was real. Such a I don't even have anything. I'm just selling an idea. Uh, oh, I don't need any more ideas. I got Bitcoin. It's a good enough idea for me. I'll just stop thinking now. And on that thought, I don't know. What else do we want to talk about? What's going on? I don't know. I, I don't really have much else uh, other than like um, assume UTXO. I was looking into that and that seems kind of interesting because... Uh, they're saying, so tell me about Assume UTXO. Yeah, so it's it's more of like, uh, I don't even know the details that well, but it's apparently 3.2 gigabytes of just kind of um, UTXO, whatever the... The, the UTXO state. Yeah, the IBD or, or whatever. Yeah, the, UTX, the UTXO state. So it's that... So it's it's the idea is like, okay, you're verifying the first three... Not first, but like this, this Merkle tree of 3.2 gigabytes, and that's good enough to start your node journey. 
if you're so in it's a you trieco uh i don't know if that's what it is um it might be because um, that's basically what that is you take them uh the the utxo state and create a merkle tree to validate it so that the idea is that you wouldn't have to have the whole ibd you can just start running with the final state yeah it might be a utxo then so and i i guess it's a good idea because like it's a very quick like way to mm, not do a it full... just goes back to the talk we were having about the trust trade-offs and yeah. the gradient of trust options this is this is an option on that gradient and my concern is that it is being marketed by entities with a vested interest as the best way to validate stuff mm -hmm. it's it's not and it's there is a degree of, of trust involved in all of these light clients and people need to be aware no but i i totally agree it's a totally horrible way to fully verify but say you're in a rush and like you're in an extreme scenario you don't really have time to sync node for two days but maybe you have like three hours to sync uh do this quick sync kind of trusted Absolutely. thing right so like i can i can i can maybe get on board with this if it's not the default please not the default like maybe yeah. maybe give users an option um up front like a gui option like give us more toggles please but do not make this the default because that's just more power to core that I don't want. I'm all about the um, non-default option, more GUI, uh, you know, explanations and boilerplate. But like core, core doesn't have any power. I don't think this would give them any more power. I mean, what power do they have? power of of defaults like i said <laughs> the power of defaults only is a power if you accept that bitcoiners are too dumb to choose the software that they run well many of them are but <laughs> many many of them maybe not are. all maybe not like all. that's a big problem and we need to be you know educating them more but that's not a problem with core that's a problem with the people They need to be able to, at the end of the day, withstand, for example, a hostile core repo. If the core repo was suddenly maliciously controlled, that should be no skin off anybody's nose. That should be no power to anybody. That, that shouldn't matter in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's just it's one of these extra steps that uh, devs are going to have to double check whenever they do a new release. So you're kind of hoping they do that. Because uh, they're already doing that for assume valid, so it, it's just it's it's just another one of these things on top of each other. Like I'm not totally against it, but I'm also not totally for it either. I'm just saying there's there's different different elements here. So I think that there's a very strong degree to which uh, people uh, reducing the amount that they're willing to verify and trading that in for some trust is inevitable. It's not like any of this affects consensus. The amount that you are willing to verify and the degree of your validation is entirely up to you and your node if you want to validate less. Like, this is just people making tools to do that. Yeah. Um, there's a comment in the chat by Lloyd. Uh, he says, did you guys discuss Luke-Jr.'s 51% attack claim? What are you referring to, Lloyd? Um, was this from last week? Yeah, I remember somebody posting the tweet, and it was very cryptic, but I didn't end up hearing anything more about it other than 
Luke claiming that there's an active 51% attack and that it's being organized by Oh, the virgin bits. Yeah, the virgin bits. This was this was a weird kind of Oh, hey, maybe there's something here that I don't know. He said he was talking to the person kind of behind this and trying to convince them to go his way. I don't I don't know what the details are about this, but it it seemed kind of weird and I brought it up in the chat and I haven't found any more details. But it's Luke, yeah, Lloyd, so who knows? Lloyd says we should get Luke on here and I don't know if he'd ever join up on this, but well, he, uh, he yeah, does, I'd love to hear. Luke does Twitter spaces. He seems pretty accessible and um like I'm I'm pretty much a regular follower of him on Twitter and he, he sees me around, so maybe. Um maybe I'll ask him. Yeah. I don't do Twitter, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. Not my cup of tea. He's pretty active. Anyways, a lot of Bitcoiners are active on Twitter and on Noster. It's, they like it. It's so weird to me how many Bitcoiners are about this follower-based mediums. Yeah, there's a it's lot a of strange architecture for social media. Not really. It's like an ego circle jerk. It really rewards the worst parts of our brains it's like it's it's it sucks <laughs> yeah well there's a reason i avoid it that and you know facebook and everything else it's just no no good i've got other things to spend my time on like fuck social media is providing tech support here and reading the developer mailing list that's the social media i'm suffering with yeah, I guess I'll reach out. I don't know what I'll say. Maybe I'll draft a letter here and you all can help me with chat, chat GBT or something. <laughs> we tried out this um, Freedom GPT. That seems like it'd be up Bitcoiners. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm in the Discord for it. And there was like a big powwow yesterday with like 500 people, kind of like a chat like this. So it's happening. Like it's it's getting weird. Yeah. I'm interested in how that'll affect uh, Bitcoin-related things. Maybe, maybe ChatGPT-style interfaces can be a useful interface for people that want natural language capacity in their Bitcoin. Yeah. NLP-style processing. They they want to like be able to ask how Bitcoin works to their wallet or ask what this means to their wallet. So Who knows? The problem is it'll give you answers that look good enough, and you can't tell if they're actually real or not you can't yeah really... that is the problem yeah, but like if yeah. you trained it on a specific data set relevant to whatever you were doing in your application maybe and as far as i understand the freedom gpt uh language model is all privately managed like you do that yourself so i don't know it's it's maybe the solution to the education problem we have with these trust gradients is getting things like chat gpt to explain them by training chat GPT correctly. Yeah. I, but right I, now the problem is that it makes shit up. I would recommend any, like anyone who's technical, a developer listening, like grab this freedom AI stuff because it may not be around forever. Like this, this stuff could be too powerful <laughs> or something. So um, yeah, like fork all these GitHubs, you know, download all the code. I don't know about it won't be around forever uh, or even being too powerful I think a lot it's kind of like a magic trick 
in that you know when you see somebody levitating on the stage you're like oh my god they're so powerful mm. but it's kind of just you know all s strings and wires and duct tape and paper clips yeah and have you, you seen like, the machine uh learning models for like some of the outputs that say a chat gpt might great you get like if you were to print it out you get just like tens of thousands of pages of integers for for it going through its decision making process and trying to come up with what it's going to say it's ridiculous nobody like it's a black box you can't there's a degree to which you can't say why one of these ais said what it said like as the developer of it you won't be able to tell yeah yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do something where I'm going to like I'm going to introduce I'm going to like open up two instances of chat chat GPT and I'm just going to point them at each other and copy and paste whatever they say to each other back and forth. And... Just hook them up directly through their APIs and have them have like a simulated conversation yeah. spanning thousands of years. Yeah, see where they go. <laughs> I think that you'll find, oh man, we're getting off topic here. In instances where this has been done in the past, I think that what ends up happening is they create their own secret language. Right. And then they had to unplug it because like they were taking over the world. Yeah. And who knows well, I don't know about doing. taking over the world, but they start talking incoherently at each other in a way that only they can understand. So it's kind of pointless. Yeah. Maybe they were like doing the singularity and we're just unplugging them. Who knows? Yeah, Guardian Healer comments, AI talking to each other make the most boring conversations. And just so that this conversation doesn't get boring by talking about it, I think that that's plenty to end it with. We've gone about an hour. Yeah, sounds good. Does anyone in the audience have a question for us on Bitcoin? Um, we're going to wait a couple minutes because sometimes you guys are slow. <laughs> Loki's got something to say. Yeah, uh, just... Um... Reiterating, if anyone decides to, you know, want to give a helping hand over here, um, I would be, it would be greatly appreciated if you guys hit me up on the DMs, um, just so I make sure I don't mess this up. Um, over here. Yeah, just walk yourself through it publicly in the in the big. All right. right, we'll we'll be there with you. And Perfect. Happy to guide right. you. Cool. Yeah, you guys have been helping me out so far, uh, uh, Ralph over here, as always. <laughs> I think, he's my, I think he's a fellow Brazilian, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he is. He's a hero, that Raf. See, yes. this is the thing I love about this chat. We've got, like, Guardian in here. we got Busy. we got Gorange. We've got, you know, some other questionable types. But generally speaking, there's some really good eggs in here yes. that are all about helping people. And I, yes. it's what makes this community fantastic. Yes, I love it. All right. It was a blast hearing you guys. Yeah, it was good talking to you. I like it when people pop up, and we had uh, two folks pop up today that haven't been talking much, so I was very excited about that. We yeah, should... I'll make sure to tune in more often. Yeah, you should uh, hop up every so often and let us know how you're yes. doing with your node, because it would need yes. be yeah. neat to see like the progress and how you're doing. Yeah, it's it's um it's a new journey because like just buying and stacking, you know, is is fun and everything, but you know, it, it's there's not much to it, you know. <laughs> but uh, the node is. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get into, like, you know, uh, what's it called? Whirlpooling and everything. So that's going to be a whole other adventure. So excited. exciting. Uh, we're going to have fun talking to you about coin joins and educating you about all your coin join choices and why Whirlpool sucks dicks and people need to leave Samurai Wallet in the trash where it belongs.
Thank you, because I've been very biased towards uh, a samurai this whole time. So I could uh, definitely... We'll do a whole thing on them the next episode. I'm already raring to go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I heard they were like feds or something. Some guy on Twitter used to say that, like like a couple... I don't know if they're feds. Wasabi is feds, but I think <laughs> they're either scammers or incompetent. I'm not sure which. Sheesh, yeah. Uh, we'll get into that rabbit hole. I'm excited for the next one. Do you, do you guys have the next one already scheduled? No, we kind of just do them impromptly whenever whenever cool. we're feeling it. So, like, we, we give maybe a day notice to 15 minutes notice, depending. Perfect, perfect. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll ask in the chat uh, if there's any news of it right, next time I log into Discord. Perfect. That's the right way to do it. Just ask in the chat. Thanks, broskies. And now, it was good talking to you. Cheers, Talking buddy. to you guys, too. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be great. Um, to set the agenda for next time, we're going to look into privacy stuff, Whirlpool, Samurai, Wasabi, Wasabi Coin Joins, and um, Join Bulletproofs. Market. Join Market. Let's talk about all that. Teleports, coin swaps. Yeah, that's. I'd love to talk about that a little bit. I got a lot to say. Thanks, everyone, for joining and signing off. Cheers. All right. Great. I really got to poop. <laughs>